0: Hello and welcome to the Draft Talk podcast. We are brought to you by 99 Yards and we're here as your one-stop shop for all your needs for the NFL Draft. We're coming to you every week, nay, twice a week as we head towards April and the Draft itself. I'm your host Brian and joining me as ever is our co-host and Draft Talk scouts, Stu, MJ and Owen. How are you doing guys?
1: Yeah, all good. Rattling through them now. See, uh, defensive tackles next up, and uh, yeah, we're making our way through these.
2: Yeah, on to something a bit more interesting than boring old wide receivers and uh, tackles. Onto onto one of the trenches. Much more fun to talk about. Let's let's get into it.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Uh, really looking forward to it. As Stu said, let's let's get into these trenches and let's see what these guys are made of. Have you got your stats prepped, MJ? I've got, I might have one or two stats for
0: you as we go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, because I've got none. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Yes, as we mentioned, we have already done the wide receivers and the running backs. And today we're heading in the trenches. We're going to look at this year's top five defensive tackles. The guy's done all the scouting, looked at all the measurables. MJ's got all the stats for us. And we're going to compare and contrast and see who are this year's top five defensive tackles heading into this year's draft. Uh, we're going to go from five up to one, with one being the best. Um, we'll have a little chat, we'll see what we think about everyone, see we've got what sort of talent they are, where we think they're going to go, etc. You'll need to know, you'll need, you'll have, after this, everything you need to know, got there, about this year's defensive tackle class. So, all right, so it's over to you to kick us off. Who's your number five defensive tackle? Ooh,
1: okay. So, yeah, I'm Defensive tackle to start with, I would say that this class is a lot better than we're used to, which is really nice to see. I think every year we've done this, we've hated doing defensive tackles. So it's nice to see that we've got a, a host of names and it's really say, really quite a nice class. There's a few guys that that could be put here, especially at number five. I found number five actually the most difficult spot to, to fill because there's quite a few guys. But I've ended up going with Keanu Benson from Wisconsin. Uh, a player who really um, thrived down in Mobile at the senior bowl and really came to everyone's attention of how dominant he was down there. Um, an extremely versatile player. He can line up at the nose. He can. But he can play all over the line. Really, just an absolute mammoth of a of a human. 316 pounds, six foot four. Absolutely massive. Uh, really, his his play comes and his success comes mostly in the run game. He's an absolute problem. Um, in the run game, but he can do some stuff in the, you know, going after the pass as well, where he's got a good, um, good kind of arsenal of moves, a really good swim move that I like, um, really athletic as well. Pure power, nine sacks, 19 tackles for a loss in his four seasons as, as, as really just a, a nose guy, uses that weight really well because of the power. Weaknesses, really. He may just be a rotational player. That is my slight worry with him because of what he can and can't do. You would want to probably surround him with a with a decent room, um, more of an early down player because of the, how good he is against the run. Um, and he could play with a little bit more balance at times. But I think he's going to be a really
4: nice piece to add on the defensive line, probably in the second round.
2: Off group to pick. Very very tough as you've mentioned at the top of that line. there's a lot of guys that could have made the cut mm-hmm. Keanu Benton just missed out for me but um he missed out with a lot of deliberation I must yeah. admit it's, it's one guy that I was oh I'm, I'm a bit upset that I didn't get him in there um as you said he's very good against against the run um he is a Big, powerful guy sets sets that um, center of that offensive line, it's certainly defensive line, very well. But for me, I, I find that the, the the difficulty I had with him was probably footwork and balance. Um, yep. And he he, he he does he, he leads to use his frame a bit better, I think, because he, because he's got enough of a frame to use that leverage. I just don't think he does it well enough yet, and he can tend to be kind of back on his heels a little bit at times. Um, but a guy who's got plenty to plenty to go go on, he'll he'll start, I think, in the, in the next level. He'll Absolutely. fit into defensive yeah. line easily, certainly on the um, first two downs um, anyway. Um, and he had a really good senior bowl, so he definitely wouldn't have done his stock any harm.
3: Um, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree. Uh, he was he just missed out for me as well. I, he was definitely in the mix right up until the last couple of days. He was he was around that fifth spot. Um, but just missed out, Um, he has improved throughout his college career, and he is definitely a high motor guy, he's a big strong lad, Um, and I think it is just the technique, I found somebody in the end whose technique I I preferred, but there's no doubt that Benton has had a good final season at college level, and he's had a good pre-draft process, you know, very good at the senior bowl, looking good, um, so, yeah, he'll, he'll be a day two pick and he
4: was just outside my top five. Go on then, MJ, give us your, uh, your number five then.
3: Right, OK, so th- this, is, this is somebody who I've uh, come a bit late to, but, yeah, settled on in that, uh, who am I going to put at number five? And it's uh, Moro Ajomo from Texas. Um, and this is a guy, a lighter guy, he comes in around about £280, but is powerful with it. And the thing I really liked about him was his technique. Um, there's there's three years of consistent work there and he's been getting better throughout those those sort of three years. And when I went back and looked at the tape, what I really liked is there was evidence both sides of the line. There's evidence of him breaking through, getting into the backfield. But then there's also footage of him chasing back. There was one ridiculous play, I think it was inside the 10-yard line, where he's completely on the wrong side, and it's a running play to the other side, and he comes all the way around and chases the guy down and stops him before he gets gets a touchdown, which I thought showed tremendous effort. His, his pass uh, rush win rate is, is up there. He's He's dynamic. He's good at shifting off his blocker. Despite the fact he is lighter, He's got good arm length. He's got 34 and a half inch arm length. So he he can really get some some leverage there. Um, as I say, I, I was late to this, but um, yeah, he snuck into the top five for me. Really liked him.
2: I suspected you might have him, particularly with the tweet you put out the other day. I thought, oh, MG's going to gonna, MG's yeah, gonna
3: bit, fall
2: in love with, with Morrow. Bit of a teaser. Bit of a teaser. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned he is, he is a bit of a technician at the position. He's He's got really good hand use and he knows where to place his hands. Um, in the very strong hands, I think he's maybe just a little bit inconsistent with him at times. Um, but he's he's got that kind of um, speed to power ratio. You know, he he gets from speed to power very quickly. Um, he hasn't made my top five either, unfortunately, MJ. But um, yeah, I could see that there's there's traits there to work with.
1: Yeah, he's not in mine either. And the way I basically everything we just said is there about my number five and Keanu Benton is the, kind of the opposite here where he's probably a guy who will thrive on on later downs where he can really get out get after the passer and i wonder if maybe he has kind of that flexation to play defensive end or even on the edge some because he's got that that skill set and the quickness and more more flexible than than a lot of these guys um but yeah i haven't ranked him either but i think he's i would say he's probably a player that's going to go kind of like Early day three, if I was to say right now what I th- where I think he would go. But but he's got a skill set. I guess it just depends what you need, right? Because if you need that kind of player who, say, you've got some run stuffers, you just need one to get after the passer, then, then absolutely it's a, a really good
4: pick in a Jomo. Racking stuff. Uh, round it up then, Stu, who's your number five?
2: I've gone for um, Bruce Feldman's number one freak, Marzi Smith. Um, defensive tackle from uh, Michigan. Um, he's another guy who's a mountain of a man. Um, he's a really good run stuffer in the middle of that Michigan defense. He's really strong at the point of attack. His, his strength and physicality is really what kind of makes Marzi Smith. Um, he's got a really good, strong, heavy punch initially. Um, he can drive you know guys back several yards with that kind of punch. He's really disruptive. Um, his ability to move around very quickly for a guy his size. He don't make the top of Bruce Feldman's freak list for no reason. Um, he probably has slightly shorter than ideal arms, which makes him um, really much a middle of the middle of the defence play. You're not going to move him much off that kind of one, maybe three technique at kind a of push, but he's going to be kind of that nose one technique kind of area for him. Um, each year he's got that little bit better on the pass rushing. and I think there's a way to go with that, but I think using that athleticism, if he can put it to good hands, he could become um, a, a pass rushing guy from the centre of the defence as well, uh, and, and I think that there's there's loads to work there with uh, with Mazi.
3: Um Yeah, so so I've, I've got him at number four, so he, he comes in at number four for me, I've, I've got him as well, and this is a, to your point, Owen, Owen um, it, it's this is, this is the thing, That's isn't close. it? It
0: was, was close, wasn't it? It I was close.
3: Oof, close. <laughs> um, it, it's what have you already got on the line, isn't it? Have you already got a... And, and I, this is what I was wondering as I was doing these five, of trying to be complimentary a bit and going for, okay, one nose and then one slightly lighter guy. And it really does depend as an NFL NFL team drafting, can't speak the team, NFL team drafting as to what, what is it you need. Um, and yeah, uh, Marty Smith he can absolutely sort of drop anchor and it's a bit of a thou shalt not pass um, on the one aspect, but then there's also footage. If you let him through your line, then he he is gone and he can get after the quarterback despite being, you know, what is he about three twenty pounds, something like that. So he is a big nose tackle. He's obviously going to be really good for you in run defense, but he can also cause a bit of havoc behind the line as well. Um, I thought he's obviously at that size, although he's, he can shift shift a bit, he's a very sort of deliberate uh, player. Um, he's got that little bit of zip about him, but he's he's not going to hair around like uh, like a Jomo or a couple of the other guys who we, I think we're going to talk about uh, as we get closer to number one, which is why I've got him coming in at four.
1: Yeah, he's a he would have been six for me, so I haven't ranked him, but he he would have been six. And the reason is I almost wanted a bit more from him watching the mm. table almost felt like the flashes are really good. I just wanted more of them. And it's kind of it's it's either a really good play or you don't even notice him on the play. And it's not necessarily him taking plays off. It just gets a bit lost at times. So I think he would be better paired with. Um, kind of, someone. Someone is already established that he can kind of learn from, and then you can enter him into rotation. Say, I think he would be better off as an early down player because of what he can do in in run defense. Um, but yeah, he's he's pure power. Again, would like a bit rotation player would like a little bit more balance. But yeah, has the versatility to play the nose and move around. Say, just with that size, there's just not many players you're going to get at that size. So yeah, I like Mazzie Smith. He would have been six for me. Yeah,
4: Mazzie Smith, the three. But in a nice way, a the number one freak, the number
0: one freak, one honor. Hey, uh, Steve, go on, you've not spoke for a while. Give us
2: your number four. Are you dying? To my, okay, so number four, um, just checking my list to make sure I'm doing the right one. Yeah, so number four for me is um, Kalija Kansi. Um, Owain is making some funny, I don't know whether that's yeah, no, or a bad I'm, thing.
1: I'm, I thought you were gonna be really high on Kalija Kansi. And so okay. when I also have him at number four, I thought I was going to be the absolute outlier in here. So no, you're not,
2: you're not. <laughs> and I do really like Kansi. Yeah. And
1: um,
2: there's a lot to like about his game. Um, he is very much uh, a speed and in, in, in convert that speed to power guy. Um he is a pass rushing more than a than a run defender from the position. There's been all that comparison to Aaron Donald, and I'm not gonna say he's Aaron Donald, just but he's that kind of style of player. Um and in that, and he and he would do well to model his game after Aaron Donald. He's um he's very, very quick off the off the line. You saw his 10 split in the combine was insane for a guy at that size. He's produced really well at the college level. Um he has a bit of a pass rush plan, he knows what he's doing, he doesn't just um try and use his power all the time. Um I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this podcast, but I, my 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 comment would be he f shit up in the backfield. Um, he really just gets in there and, and causes causes absolute carnage. You'd be a nightmare to play against because you um your you, your quarterback is going to be under pressure all the time from him. He's a little bit on the small side. He's coming that just shade over six feet, that two hundred and eighty pounds. But um, hearing him up next to a big guy who's going to eat up that space and let let Canse go. I really like Kaleidja Kanti, and I do think that he is probably going to get picked in the first round somewhere.
1: No swearing on this podcast. As everyone knows, we are down with the kids, so we don't want them not tuning in. <laughs> yeah, yeah I had, <laughs> had Kaleidja Kante at four as well, and was, I thought that I was going to be slightly controversial having him here. So um, I'm pleased that I think we see him very similarly. So and, and I won't go through all the strengths and weaknesses again, but yeah, It's more the way that he converts power to speed, and he's just extremely difficult to deal with. Um, Extremely productive as well, quickest off the snap almost every time. Just people just can't get their hands on him because he's so small, elusive, and speedy, just absolutely nasty in the finish as well. Um, The problem with Kansi because of his size, because he is smaller, uh, what he's six foot. Two seventy, it was it some some around that around that anyway. It, it, it's smaller. Um, you're gonna have to find the right home for him. He's not gonna be for everyone, and he's you're gonna have to find the right team to suit him. In he's he's not gonna be able to just slot into any scheme. I say he won't be for anyone, um, but you know if you can slot him into the right scheme where you don't have to let him support the nose, where where he can be paired up against a really good run stuffer, I think you could have a really good one-two punch with a player like Kalijah Kansi. So, yeah, um, will he go in the first round? He's certainly got the skill set. The problem is, will the versatility and the fact that he's not going to be for anyone hurt him. Um, So I think if he does go, it'll probably be towards the back end. But if if you're a a, a team that has a space for a player like Kalijah Kansi, then there's a a really good pick.
3: So just to round it off on, on Kansi, so I've got him coming in at three. So... We're close. We're, we're all we're all fairly close on on Canty, um. Yeah, you, it, it just turn him loose. That that that's the role. Just to just turn him loose. Um, it's uh it's ridiculous his pass rush stats. So if you want stats, so he so eight sacks, nine hits, thirty hurries. So that is twenty six percent of the time he's on the field, he gets either a sack, a hit, or a hurry on the quarterback which is far in excess of any of the edge rushers we're going to talk about in in a future episode. So he he is in that strange place isn't he where he's he's down as a as a a, a D tackle but he you know he almost feels a little bit more like an edge for, in terms of his height weight ratio and and what you want to do with him. Um I I think I I heard on, uh, obviously we had had Trevor Sycamore on a a few weeks back, and I heard him mention a guy who I think we talked a little bit about a couple of years ago, Jalen Twyman, who I think also came out of Pittsburgh. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, he did, yeah.
3: Who came out around about the same sort of height, weight, same type of player. And he hasn't done as well in the NFL, because actually what happened was he put £20 or so on and lost his zip. Um, and it, and it hasn't happened for him. So I think what will be particularly interesting with Cancy is when he does hit the NFL and wherever he goes, what you know, I, I hope he he retains what is good about his game, uh, and whoever he goes to doesn't try and do something like that and say, oh well, actually to play for us you got to put twenty pounds on. Um, whoever drafts him accepts the player that they've got and schemes him up so you still get that level of of pass rush out of him.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's important. That the pass rush is what what is his game, and quarterbacks hate pressure in the face, which is what Kansi Cal- is going to do. Um, and the distance from defensive tackle to quarterback is an awful lot shorter than it is from um, why from the wide alignments to the quarterback as well. So his speed and burst through there, he's going to be on top of some, particularly if you've got a quarterback who's not going to be doing Kyler Murray's and running eight yards outside the pocket. They're going to have um, Panty in the face really, really quickly, and he's an absolute menace to deal with.
4: There we go. Steve, um, straight back to
0: you.
2: Who you, you got at number three? Number three for me is a player who we have... It's almost come back full circle with him, and it's Brian Brzee from Clemson. Um, right in the summertime, he was a guy who was being talked about as a top ten player. He had a season that was a bit of a down season for him, to be honest at Clemson, but he had an awful lot going on in his personal life and things as well, and um, the tragic events with his with his younger sister. But I still think he is one of these players who is going to do really well at the next level. He um, was an elite high school player coming out. He went to Clemson. He had offers from all the big guns. They all wanted a piece of Brian Brzee. Um, he really, he's got all the measurables, his ideal height, weight, speed, length for the position. He had a really good combine. He showed he's very athletic. Um, he's very powerful, knows, knows how to stop the run, can create in the pass defence game as well. Um, I, I think he's just got a same combination of all these tangibles. Um, I'm not sure he's going to have the sack numbers, but he's going to be hell of a hell of a disruptive. And I think that now that hopefully he's got he's had injury problems, but hopefully if that's passed him, um, you know the, the tragic events has been around his family has passed him as well. I still think he has all the talent in the world to be a really good NFL defensive tackle.
4: Yeah, I. Absolutely. I, I've, I've got
3: Brian Brazier coming in at number two for me uh, and I've kind of come round. Um, I, I was wondering about him coming into this draft process uh, and, uh, you know, seen drop down a couple of boards here and there. Um, but I think if there was one guy you were going to root for in this draft, it might be this guy um, with everything that's gone on, with his injuries, with, with what happened with his his sister. Um and I went back and looked, looked at the tape, and absolutely, he is—he's um, got great hustle, he's got great explosion. He is a big, big guy, and it is all about the power. Um, and I was trying to think how I would relate this, and I went to the Avengers, and I thought if if Brian Brazil was an Avenger, he'd be the Hulk, because if, the Hulk wouldn't have a pass rush plan. The Hulk would just try and power through a line, and that's what Brazil reminded me of. Um, it's all about it's all about the power um, and I think and I really hope that yeah, he does get taken first round and I, I absolutely wish him all the best for his career and hope, hope that this is a turning point for him.
1: Yeah, Brian he number two for me as well, agreeing with you there, MJ, and see the, the, how, it's, how the season's panned out for him. I find it very difficult to change my evaluation on him from what I saw when I watched in the summer. Um, which is a, a very, very disruptive player who I think is one of the better players in this class. I still believe that. I just think he looks the absolute real deal, size, height, weight, athleticism as well, really good length. Um, I think he's really actually quite physically gifted um, just in the way that he can gain leverage from that size and use that and use his athletic traits. He just has something that... That others just don't tend to have is, is the bull rushes is go to move. Um, and it's a really good nine sacks or 15 tackles for a loss in, in just 28 games because he had a season ending injury in 2021, only played four games and then 10 games this past season. But he was in and out because of the niggly injuries and obviously the tragic death of his sister as well. Um, so I just don't see where the, not necessarily haste, but. But, where I don't know what um just what's happened to him in terms of in terms of coverage, because we were looking in the summer as one of the at least the top ten players in this class, mm-hmm. but he was almost locked into a top ten pick, and now we're potentially seeing him go. Go in the second round, so uh, I, yeah, I don't get that. I think he's one of the top prospects in this class. I would quite happily take him with a top 15 pick. You just got to take everything into account with Brian Brzee. But what you see on the field is a very, very good, bursty, athletic player who can do a bit of everything. Um, yes, he can get a little bit locked up at, at times, but who doesn't? He's still quite young as well, remember, and one of the top high school
4: recruits when he was coming out. So yeah, I really, really like Brian Brzee. Andy spells his name right with a Y. Good, man. <laughs> King Brian with a Y. Um, there we
0: go. I uh, we need your uh, number three, please.
1: Yeah, so my number three is uh, Adi Adebayore from Northwestern, Um uh, A player who I think will feature as a defensive end or an edge on a lot of people's rankings, but he will be a defensive tackle moving inside as a probably a three tech at the next level. Um, really, you we've spoken about him a lot. If you follow any draft coverage, you've heard of this player because of how great of a combine he had, and he's just rocketed up. Now, his production at Northwestern isn't fantastic. So there is a lot of projection here with Adebore where Northwestern were playing him on the edge as a defensive end simply because. He was their best player, so they put him there. But he isn't going to be doing that in the NFL, I don't think, because, you know, you've got a long, strong defensive uh, defensive lineman who is extremely agile, extremely physical, and extremely athletic, and I think that just translates much better over the middle. The bull rush is just going to be his absolute go-to. Was an absolute beast at the at the senior bowl. Then comes in and just has an insane combine where it was just absolutely what alien I think we said because people shouldn't be able to move like he does at that size. So I think actually he's quite an easy projection, but it is a projection at that. But I think he can be an extremely successful defensive tackle at the next level.
2: I'm gonna agree with most of what you said there. Absolutely, he's for me number two. Yeah, and if. Every year I have this one player that I fall in love with. It's been Creed Humphrey, it's been George Pickens. Adi Adubwari is my one for this year, and I think when we had Trevor Sikkema on about, I talked about him, and that was before he had his combine. So I think everyone's going to go, "Oh, you just love him because of the combine." He is my guy for this year, definitely. Um, he's a long, strong guy, very intelligent player. He's athletic. He's got instant speed. His bull rush, as you say, is is going to be his go-to. But the thing that I like because I'm obsessed with all linemen. But the thing is, his hands, hand, hands, hands, hands all day long. He Knows where to put his hands. He knows how to use them. Um, he's got he's got a plan of what to do. Um, he is going to probably play on that inside. I think he's probably um, he hasn't got enough bend. I don't think to play on the outside. Um, but. Ad or Adwari, however you want to say his name, I'm not entirely sure. He can maybe come on and correct us one of these days. Who knows? And um, he, for me, I think is going to be. He he might. Some teams might just love him to pick him in that late twenties in the first round if they if they feel he's got what they need for their team. But he's going to be early day two if not. And I absolutely love him and think he's going to be fantastic three tech. <laughs>
3: Yeah. So obviously, I d- I don't have him, but that's because I I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the memo to stick him in D tackle. Really, I um I'd and and I think we should probably start a campaign that that yeah we classify him as a as a D tackle as opposed to an edge. Interestingly, he's when you look at his his production, if you put it in the tackle class, it stacks up really well. Where it sits in the edge class, you know, and that, and that's why. I was umming and ahhing about him in the edge class. Would he Would he make the edge class? And he was just outside the top five of my edge class. But if I'd included him in tackle, then yeah, he probably would have been in there. It would have been in there somewhere. I mean, it, it, it's slightly hilarious, isn't it? That he's, So his, his, his combine was ridiculous. I, I, he ran the same 40 time as Tank, Dell and Jordan Addison. Uh, who come in at 165 pounds and 173 respectively whereas he's coming in he was coming in at 282 I mean that's it's just phenomenal you shouldn't be able to do that um and you've got all of the raw athleticism there and yeah I, I think he'll make a really good tackle and I a little bit like we were saying with with kanty in terms of you know where he goes to I, I hope that's where they're where they're drafting him for that they're looking at him and thinking, Actually, yeah, he, he's more, let's more put him in the D tackle as opposed to sticking him right out there on the edge.
4: So, yeah, great, great pick. Which leaves us all with our uh, number one pick. Who
2: knows who it will be. Um, let's go. Stu, you can kick us off with, with your
0: number one pick.
2: I'm not going to be mine. It's going to be everyone's number one pick. And if it isn't, Maybe I'm going to get you sacked off this show if it's not. Um, So, yeah, he's had his issues. We've all heard about it, but I don't care. It's still Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter has the potential to be the best player in this draft. Um, Everyone who has any passing interest whatsoever in who the team is going to pick next year, knows anything about the draft, must have heard of Jalen Carter. We've been hearing about Jalen Carter for two years now. On that historically good Georgia defense, when they had, I think it was a five first rounders pick last year, Carter was better than all of those guys. Um, he, he's just a freak. Um, he's versatile. He's strong. He's powerful. He's he's mobile. He can he can defend the run. He can um, get after the pass rusher. get after the passer as a rusher. He, he's just got absolutely everything that you want in a defensive tackle. Um, he has a potential if things go right for him and he's in the right environment and um, we don't know anything about these legal issues but if it's all sorted out and everything goes smoothly for Jalen Carter who really has the potential to, to be special in a draft class where there's not many players you would hang your hat on and, and say are, are special um, Jalen Carter has that potential to be a special guy at the next level Okay, well
4: if if uh, Brian Brzee was Hulk then I think Jalen
3: Carter is Thanos in that first uh, of the, those big Avengers films because he is inevitable isn't he I mean he is again it's another one of those things where it's not It's not really fair he's, he's 6'3 and over 300 pounds and he moves like that um, he's the complete package he is again as you say it's one of the easier number ones of this uh, you know top fives that we do. he He's got everything. he's got power, he's got intensity, great footwork, uh, great hands. I love the way he he gets under the O line uh, pads and and just lifts them up and and that's it you you're finished. Um, and it's instant. what i what I find really interesting about Carter is given what's happened recently, it is where he's going to be drafted. Um, you know, because you've got four quarterbacks, you've got Will Anderson, you've got Christian Gonzalez, you've got Paris Johnson, you know. But at the very worst, the rest of the league is going to look at the Eagles at 10 and go, He cannot fall to there because if he falls to there, he's gone to the Eagles and we're all in trouble again. Um, so he's he, he has to be gone before then, and I still think, um, depending on how mad things get with the quarterbacks, you're still talking five, six, seven, some, something like around that. I, I can't see him falling any, any further. Yes, it's been a rough few months. But the other thing that struck me about Carter was, turned the right way, he might start his rookie season with a real chip on his shoulder. And if he does fall a few places, he's going to be out there as a man with something to prove. And that is possibly the most dangerous sight on an NFL field is Jalen Carter with something to prove Um, so we'll see see where he goes but he's just a superb player, he's right up there with
4: the, the best coming out of college this year
1: Yeah, he's gone from being a player who was potentially one of the easiest evaluations literally the first line on my notes of him is easy evaluation easy to see why he will be a high pick not so easy anymore though is it and that's kind of the problem here is teams are going to have to do a whole lot of homework um as they do anyway we know what teams are like they they do all sorts from the tests and hiring private investigators to go through things and going through people's social media god knows how many years back but there's a whole lot of homework that has to be done now on on Jalen Carter um but if this comes off, you've got potentially one of the better defensive tackles in the whole of the NFL because that's the type of calibre of prospect that Jalen Carter is. So the issue is going to be really, can, can can he be trusted? I would say is probably the best way of framing it. And that's how teams will see it. I almost think I know you guys support teams in the, in the NFC East, but the Eagles is the perfect spot for him, I'm afraid, just because of who he has there to learn from in you know, brandon graham and fletcher cox and then you have former teammates um, who got drafted last year in jordan davis who they took in the first round who was his partner next to him on the line it it all adds up for, for that being the perfect please, spot please no
3: please no i can't he, face he years shouldn't of get that. there
1: he shouldn't get there. He's far too good for that. We know that the legal proceedings have sorted and, you know, that will all work itself out. It's almost a really it's well, it is a really good thing for him that it was sorted this early. We know how legal proceedings can drag on and on and on. It's really good for him that he can kind of draw a line under it, get it over the get his community service done, hopefully by the time he enters the NFL. Um, but yeah, he's yeah, an absolutely excellent prospect, but the ultimate wild card in the first round of this draft.
2: I think there's two spots that I see in that area that I think would be really good for him personally. I think you mentioned the Eagles and for the reasons that you mentioned there I also think the Seahawks they've got a really old experienced coach who's been there done that seen it all has dealt with difficult personalities in the past. Um that's not to say Jalen Carter is a difficult personality at all exactly. but he we has just
1: don't know and that's the yeah. issue isn't it?
2: Um, he Pete Carroll has has a wealth of experience and people around him, and I think that would be another spot that could be good for Carter in, in this kind of situation where they'd look after him well. Some of the other teams in that top tier are a bit. Mm, I, I mean, the Cardinals are a mess, and I wouldn't want him to go there. And the and the Raiders are just the Raiders. You know, I, I think that could be potentially bad landing spots for him. Um, Your
1: team has Lions, to have an established culture. I think yeah, the best lions could be and another option you mentioned. Have
2: and the lions, the way that they're going about the business, would maybe not be a bad spot for him either. So yeah. I think I think it's got to be careful where he goes, just to make sure that he's looked after on a on a on a personal level, because these kind of things can affect people mentally. And, and, and yeah. we, we realise that there's that going on in the background. I think somewhere that it's going to look after Jalen Carter as well is going to be really important for him.
1: Yeah, and we've had this now with um, he had a really almost disastrous pro day, didn't he? he which he, he shouldn't have done, let's be completely honest. There's a lot being said about his weight. He dropped nine pounds from when he was at the combine, but it's 300 pounds. So, I mean, you're in the off season. That's, the, the rate, his weight is going to fluctuate slightly. That's going to happen for all 300 pound guys who who play football. Um so I'm not overly worried. Everything he had going on, I'm not. I'm not overly worried. You know, he came back and he said that he had some cramp, which was why he looked so stiff. So, he's just been under so much stress that it's almost excusable. So, so uh, yeah, Jalen Carter, one of the the better blue chip prospects in this class, who, who deserves to be taken highly
4: if it all checks out. Lovely stuff. There we go. Bit of consensus at the end there. Um, I guess before we wrap up,
0: uh, Steve, give us a quick reminder of your top five?
2: Yeah, so number five was Marzi Smith from Michigan. Number four, Kalija Kansi from Pitt. Number three was Brian Brzee from Clemson. Number two, Adi Adebowari from Northwestern. And number one, Jalen Carter from Georgia. Kraken uh, Owain
1: yeah i had at five keanu benson from wisconsin at four i had kalajah Cansey from pittsburgh at four i had ade adebaore from west from northwestern um two i had brian rizzi from clemson and one jalen carter from georgia one mj off
3: okay at five moro Ojomo from texas at four marty smith from michigan Three, Kalaja Kansi from Pittsburgh. Two, Brian Brzee from Clemson. And number one, Jalen Carter from Georgia.
0: Fantastic. There we go. We've got a clear number one. Some will say it's inevitable. Um, and yeah, we've got a couple of guys who've got two and three votes. So we'll, uh, we'll put it on Twitter. We'll put it out to the people. We'll give you the power. Uh, check our Twitter at 99 yards. You can pick your our number two defensive tackle, um, but before we finish guys, you mentioned a couple of guys that were sort of on the edge of making your top fives, any any other names that are there or thereabouts?
2: I think a guy that was there or thereabouts and has fallen off dramatically this year is Siaki Ika um, he was a guy who teams were, were, people were speaking about as a potential first rounder summertime he's fallen off a bit of a cliff um I think he had a disastrous combine as well which really didn't help his stock he didn't have a great year last year um th- there's something there um and, and I think the teams have to think about that and see and sit down with the econ and see what what's gone what's gone wrong because we don't know there could be absolutely anything happening in this boy's life that we don't know about um and another player that I just like um that I think has its potential is Zach Pickens um I think that there is there, there's something there. I don't know what it is that's there, but there's something that that I like about Pickens, and I could see that uh, some teams could have a bit of an interest in in the in the ability that he has as well.
1: Yeah, I really like Zach Pickens. Um, he would be the name that I would mention as a player to 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 watch out for. Just shrugs off contact. Incredible motors. Just really good. And another player that I would mention is uh, Gervin Dexter from Florida. Um, a really strong defensive tackle um, who is an impact player. Uh, going against the pass so another player to watch out for is maybe a late day two early day three player
3: yeah the only other one that I'd I'd mention other than those was um, Jacqueline Roy from LSU Um, just comes across as a very reliable guy can play across that line it's more kind of A gap and B gap but he's, he's got good tools and he's a bit of a plug and play and I think if you were looking later on in the draft for somebody to slot into your line who you thought would, would translate fairly well. I, what I found was the, the guys I tried to pick had a bit more athleticism. I think as you go further down, you start to lose that, that
4: athleticism. But um, he has got good technique um, and I think he'd be a decent later on prospect. There we go. Well, that'll do. There's plenty of uh, prospects mentioned there.
0: That's our, yeah. That's our defensive tackle top five in the bag we'll be back next episode have we got oh I'll tell you we've got defensive ends coming up next um, which is going to be exciting so stay tuned for that in the meantime of course check out the website 99yards.com the twitter have a little vote uh, at 99 yards and we'll be back very soon thank you very much for listening goodbye